And we're back for game week four. So today we're going to discuss, we selected four big games to talk about and spend our time with. We're going to talk about some small topics afterwards. We have some big things coming up and we're going to discuss everything now. Yeah, this is the game week where the new signings are coming in. Some previously returning to their clubs and the fans are filled with joy and some fans are filled with heartbreak. Break. 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 Next. (laughs) So, let's talk about Crystal Palace Spurs. It uh, was the first game of the uh, weekend uh, on Saturday. And that was very interesting and not the way anybody really thought it would pan out. Right. Spurs were three wins, zero losses. Uh, They were top of the table. Yep. And uh, they did Spursy things. Yep. Um, Crystal Palace. Yeah, uh, we'll start off with the the cause to the effect of Crystal Palace winning, and the cause was the Tanganga red card. Yeah, so Tanganga got two yellows. Um, the first yellow was him marking Wilfred Zaha. When Zaha was about to break apart from him, he put his hands in front uh, and pretty much put it in Zaha's face. Zaha went to ground, and then they kind of did that whole... I'm going to punch you, but I'm not going to punch you because my hands are open, blah, blah. Well, I believe Tengenga should have been sent off immediately because it's, you know, hands to the face. It's a push to the face. And then he gets really aggressive and he kind of headbutts him. So immediately that should be a red card because that's misconduct. Yeah, but then Pepe and Ramos would just get red cards when every game starts. Yeah, but this is the Premier League. They're a little more strict here. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he let the game play on. I mean, it's good for the ref. And later on in the game... uh, you want to talk about the tackle? Yeah, so then he loses the ball in the center of the pitch. He's going for the follow-up, and then he goes in for a slide tackle, which he pulls out his feet before making contact. Obviously, that player goes down, and then he gets a second yellow to become red. Now, I got questions for you. I'm ready. So, I'm piggybacking off the part where you said you felt like it should have been red from the get. Right. My real question is, if, since that didn't happen, were you happy with both players getting yellows? Or should Zaha have not gotten a yellow? Because Zaha obviously goes off, he's an aggressive player, and he you know, he has a, he has tantrums, he's going to get the yellow. They were both in each other's faces, you know, and they were both grabbing at each other. But uh, you got to give both yellows. I hate to see it, but... I agree with it. Yeah. Look, I mean, obviously Tanganga was the one at fault, right. and he was the one that started it. But at the same time, that was, like, really excessive for yes, nothing. it was. Like, Zaha did this whole thing, like, I'm going to fight you but and grab your neck but not grab your neck because I can't. Like, I don't know if you saw it, but yeah, he was just placing his hands. Right. So, like, he was, he was trying to... It was, he, like, he, sad to watch, he honestly. Made, he made it look, <laughs> like, he made it look like Tanganga was pulling towards him with his right arm. Yeah. And it was locked. So but he was like, holding Tanganga in. Right. It was... It, yeah, makes, it, was him, just, it makes it look worse for I hate Tanganga. when they do that kind but of But Zaha stuff. always explodes like that. Crystal Palace fans will tell you. He's always getting needless yellows or needless reds. It just happens. I do want to say... So, obviously, yes. So, that was the pivotal moment of the game. You get that red card. Now you're a man down. It's huge. Huge change. And, you know, this is pretty much one of the, one of the big reasons that they lost. I'm not going to say the big reason. Like, the only. Yeah. Tottenham didn't really play a great game that game. And Crystal Palace had the ball. Um, there was no sun. And uh, yeah. Harry Kane. I think that was bigger. Yeah. Harry Kane looked like, you know. An average striker, almost. Like yeah, he, he, he didn't he have was... he didn't have a good game. I agree. And it's supposed to be the Harry Kane show, you know. He's supposed to be that big player that kept him. 
He's supposed to show up for those games. You know, you 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 got to beat Crystal Palace to stay at top of the table, and that's that's a game you really don't want to lose. You really would think Son is the guy that's been trying to leave because no, I'm saying like that big money yeah. player because of the impact he's had in the first three, and now switching out for Kane, it's been pretty dead. Um, I also want to say I feel like there's a midfield issue here. This game, the starting lineup had Harry Winks and Skip in it. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I've said that many a times. I'm not really a fan of either player. If I had to choose, maybe I'd choose Skip over Winks. But it's just not a midfield that would work, especially both of them on the pitch. Hoiberg is great. My questioning is also, why not Ndombele? I think he was coming up last season and he was making a difference. And now you're cutting him off, and now you're just having kind of a sad excuse of a midfield to be saying that I'm contending for a title. I think he's trying things out. He, there's a lot of center midfielders on that team. They actually, there were so many they had to get rid of Sissoko, who was actually, I thought, was a great player for them. Yeah, he couldn't shoot, but he basically controlled the zones that he was in, and he always carried the ball up because he had a big presence. He was like a less skilled Pogba in a sense. He just gave them stability. Yeah, he definitely did. But he was inconsistent. I remember watching him at times. He's not the most consistent of players. He is a strong body, obviously. He gets you some tackles. The height between Harry Winks and uh, Skip is shorter than... uh, What's his face? I can't remember his name right now. We just said it. Sissoko. Okay. In in size. Like, he towers over both of them. And I always feel like you need to have a big midfielder Mm -hmm. in your midfield because it just adds that security. Um, like, right. like all the great teams, they and, always have and, that big center midfielder. And my big thing is like, you're just having a like for like player next to each other. I don't think that helps you. No, I think, you know, he, if you take winks out and you put skip in just for more legs. Right. Okay. I'm still not a fan, but okay. But putting them both together, I didn't think it was effective at all. And that already made them weak going into that, to that matchup. Well, if you look at his Wolves team, you know, he had Matinho and Ruben Neves and, uh, Dendonker. Mm-hmm. They all played together. And they're all like the same height and similar play style. So maybe he's trying to formulate something where he can maybe move that to the Spurs team. But Hoijberg, he's basically, he should start every game. He's a beast. He's, he's very good. And Dembele, he's really good with the ball. He can pass. He He's just got to figure out because he has so many options. He's got to play around. It's going to be something that he's going to need to test. It is his first year. So another question is Emerson Royal gets his debut, Prem debut, like we talked about, Betis, Barcelona, Spurs. Mm-hmm. How do you think he did? I think he played well. Yeah, I agree. You agree with that? I agree. I think he did what he could. Uh, he didn't overdo anything. He didn't add too much to the attack, but I think he did his job. Right. Uh, I think Regulon again, put another good shift that everyone keeps overseeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Regulon actually is their best defender at this moment. I mean, you're not comparing him to much, but he really is a good, 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 solid defender on that team. He made a really great clear- clearance during that game that was changing at the moment. Right. Yeah. If you didn't know what the score was going to end up. Yeah. He's uh he's definitely their solid back player. I mean, now Eric Dyer's injured, and you don't know what's going to come from him. Davis Sanchez, he's always a little bit shaky. And they're looking thin in the veteran department in their center back area. Right. Uh, they had one signing this year. Uh, was his name Romero? No, no. Yeah, Christian Romero. Christian right. Romero. So we have yet. We've seen him once this season, but not for a long time. He didn't play a full game, I don't think. I don't think he played at all. 
I think he played once. Yeah. I think he had a short, like, hey, come in. But definitely their defense needs to be bolstered. And their next game, obviously, they'll be missing Tanganga and Eric Dyer. Yeah, and I think that's huge, when they When they lost Eric Dyer and they lost Tanganga, they, even before when they lost Eric Dyer, their team really didn't... They lost its shape. Like, something was... Obviously, something you said was wrong in the midfield, and I agree. And the other games, they were more solidified and kind of knew what they were doing. Um, I think this game, when they lost key pieces to their team, they weren't ready to adjust. And that's well, something Nuno's going to have to look at. Here's another piece that you didn't think about as well mm-hmm. they're saying that davidson sanchez may miss the next game as well because of that quarantine from playing for colombia mm. so if he's gone too forget it because now you have rodon it's gonna have to start right you don't have tanganga well they cleared, they cleared Dyer. all the brazilian guys so yeah but who's gonna be in their center mid no center i'm back? saying they cleared all the brazilian guys to play so oh, i feel I like i saying. feel like they'll so just hopefully clear. it goes yeah, in their I way because like if it that. doesn't then that's gonna be rough because their right. next game is chelsea right and that, i think they're gonna lose to that regardless it doesn't matter yeah we'll discuss more yeah. about what we think next time i want to say a couple more points about that game i'm very 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 impressed at one person that i never would ever say i'm impressed by that's Deli Ali, actually. Okay. I think he's really stepping up this season. I have no idea why. He's like been MIA for at least a couple seasons. But there was even a point where he was defending. He he made a great block in the box. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, that's not Deli Ali. That guy's way too lazy. Right. But he's honestly, it seems like he really wants to be there. And he's making a big difference that way. And he's not just that guy that's just waiting for the ball up top. So I want to give him kudos. Yeah, I think it's been three years he's been on decline. And uh, obviously when you get Mourinho, Mourinho's not going to be nice to you. He's going to make you work. And he's going to try and break you down to build you back up. Um, And obviously that didn't work. And at the end of uh, Pochettino's career, he was obviously dwindling and he wasn't starting. Mm -hmm. And if he did, it was in the cup games. Um, I think recently I read something about him. And I, I just feel like, I feel like he was saying that like, he just missed playing every day and he feels he knows what he's missing and he realizes and he sees everything around him that what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think this season he's looking to change that. And with a new coach, there's always new beginnings, yeah. so it's the best time to do it. I mean, look, we all want to see that happen. He's never going to be an elite player, but he's definitely extremely talented and he needs to use that. Right. I want to move on to two big players for Crystal. We're going to save the biggest for last, obviously. Give a shout out to Connor Gallagher. I think he's becoming a really, really big piece to the Crystal Palace attack and just team in general. He's been a real big monster to deal with. He put in a good shift this one too. And then to the biggest player of the game for sure that may have even stole for the whole game week if Ronaldo wasn't back, which is Oatsin Edward. I think my man of the match would be Conor Gallagher though. Really? I know... Edward scored the two goals, but Connor Gallagher is something that Crystal Palace hasn't had in a really long time, which is a true cam, mm-hmm. someone who can actually pass the ball, and he's really creative with the ball and doesn't give it away, and he gives good final third balls, and that's something that this team has been missing all these years, but Crystal Palace obviously has needed a striker. I think the last time they scored uh, double-digit goals with the striker was Benteke, I think in one of his original years coming to the club. Ever since then, they haven't had a double-digit striker, mm-hmm. but I think... With the addition of Connor uh, Connor Gallagher, he just introduces 
uh, a new play style to the team that Vieira can use and Zaha will like because it's not him just sprinting down the left-hand wing to, give, to yeah. give a ball across. This guy can actually feed you the ball in, mm. and it just expands the game so much. But honestly, like even watching, what was it, like 10 minutes or so right. with Edwarden, I couldn't even imagine what it would have been like all game. He was, yeah, he was, very he was good. pivotal. He, he was, was like... He did his job. He, he scored striker. his first goal in 27 seconds of being on that pitch. Yep. And then he followed up with his second. His positioning, I think, is something that maybe Crystal Palace never had. Right. He's just in the right place, mm-hmm. and he knows where to be. He's a natural striker. I think there's a lot more goals to come from him. And he chews gum at the same time. Is it gum or the, the, the tobacco? <laughs> I don't know. No, I look like gum. It might be the tobacco. But I was like, how is he summoned on to his first debut game chewing on gum? Yeah, his second goal was uh, really good because he gets into the box and he has time to like put it onto his right and kick it. But he just, he's a righty, by the way. But he just hits it in with his left. And, you know, that's something not all strikers do. And that's something a yeah, good striker does. Yeah, especially on his debut, yeah. they'd be worried about that. Right. They want to be just, the best. He just hits it in. That's all you need to do. Because when you're in the danger zone, just hit in the hit in the box, hit in the net with whatever foot the balls are coming at. Yeah, look, I mean, he was really confident. Obviously, I don't think he's going to do the same exact performance for big, big teams, you know, like when they're playing against Chelsea, etc. Mm-hmm. They'll definitely but, have I more mean, chances. Yeah, it really bolsters the attack. So I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm not counting out Spurs. I just think they're about to go through a little tough stint right now until everybody really gets it back together. Sun comes back to play with Kane. They'll obviously figure that out. But their defense right now is a little in shambles. Their midfield just needs to be rethought. I think they'll come back pretty strong. I would just expect another loss first. Right. But I wouldn't get concerned about it. Right. Because, you know, it is against Chelsea. It's It's not a big issue. And then we'll just move on from there. Yeah. So... The game of your dreams. Yeah, I cried. You should have. On the second goal, I cried. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. It was so nice. I cried because he's not on my team. I watched the pre- I watched the pre uh, the warm up. Did you the hear pre-talk. the Did you hear the uh, entrance? Uh, the way he introduced them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, actually pretty dope. Yeah, that was great. It was awesome. Um. So four one. The return of Ronaldo. Yeah, seriously, it's amazing. I, I would, I, I knew he would come back. I want to say that I knew he would come back, and I'm just happy it actually happened. Um, it was United four, Newcastle one. Mm-hmm. Um, the first half, you have a brand new starting attack. Um, it was Ronaldo up top, Sancho on the left, Greenwood on the right, Bruno as Cam, and Pogba on your right hand center mid. And then Matis playing a CDM, so you had them in a little triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, standard standard left back Shaw, middle was uh, middle back was uh, Maguire. Then the Juan. other center back was Ron and, and then Juan Basaka, and obviously number one De Gea, and Net. And uh, so it's their first time playing together. And I'm watching this first half, and it's like just give the ball to Ronaldo and try to let him score a goal. And even he tried to do like a tornado kick. On the side of the net to score a goal, and it was right. he was just wasting the ball. Like mm-hmm. he was trying too much to get that first goal, and everybody in that first half, they're like, "What do we do? Do we give it to Ronaldo, or we, or we, sh- or we do we do our own thing?" Or, yeah, honestly, know? the whole game plan in the first half was just give it to Ronaldo. 
you were watching it, and even if it wasn't a good decision, they still did it. They still did it. And, you know, obviously, if you're Ronaldo lover, you're going to be like, well, that's what you have to do to play. Right. Like, no, it's it's the whole team here. Yeah, even I was getting frustrated because they played better without him on the team in the first half. Mm -hmm. Like, him being there was detrimental because players weren't moving in the same position or people were getting the ball less or people weren't doing what they usually do because now Ronaldo's covering this this different area of space that they like to move into. And you also saw, like, every time there was, like, a still play, like, Let's say, for instance, like Bruno has the ball and he couldn't sprint any further and he had to stop. The first thing he did was Ronaldo. Right. It goes back to him, Ronaldo. Right. There was this one point. That can't be the answer to everything. Yeah, there was one point where Sancho finally got the ball. And I don't even think Greenwood touched it in the first half. But there was this point where Sancho gets the ball on the left-hand side and he does like five step overs. He breaks the the opponent, gives it to Ronaldo in the box. And I was like, okay, I'm at the top of the box. Let me do some step overs too and try to shoot it across the net. Yeah, it was, and it was just much. it was just a little much, but uh, but it wasn't like a lack of care. He was just no, trying he so was hard. definitely yeah, he was just trying very hard Which to get fine. that first goal. I can understand. Yeah. We're not saying like that's terrible, whatever. We're just saying it's not the way to continue. Right. And obviously they changed that for the second half. Right. But I uh, forgot Greenwood touched the ball once in the first half. He took a shot. The goalie deflects it, right. and then Ronaldo bags his his first goal uh, from being back. After 12 years, and you know, it was beautiful to see. It was a tap, and you know, it wasn't something crazy, but the announcers did a really good job of keeping up, you know, the level because it was just a tap, and he was there and he scored. Hype, obviously, and then we move into the second half. Well, I just want to say, yeah, obviously, not the best goal in the world, yeah, but it was the goal. confidence booster, right. it was definitely a confidence, it was the positioning, it was, it was yeah. a confidence booster. He took the one touch done. And that's kind of how the ball started rolling right. after that. I think you need to score that goal right before the half ends because it changes the mentality so much. Like, that's a, just a huge lift, and it really would knock Newcastle down. Newcastle wind up equalizing because it's Man United's defense, and there's, they average a goal a game on them. So uh, And the former Red, Mankio. You know he was a Red? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, he played cool. for us. He was just whack when he played for us, but... I mean, Good for him. Only makes sense then. It was actually a really long time ago. Story, story writing, story writing. Coutinho, Coutinho Sometimes I feel like someone writes a script, and then yeah, it just happens enough. in real life. Honestly, when he scored, I was like, this is going to yeah. be really ironic yeah. if it stays 1-1. So, like, the Newcastle fans were going crazy, and honestly, it didn't really quiet down the Man United fans. I think they were just so hyped, like, you could, like... Yeah, they knew that they were in you it. You could shoot them in the chest five times, and they still be <laughs> yeah. chanting, you know what I mean? Um, but they organized themselves a little bit in the second half. And um, they were passing around to each other. They slowed the ball down. They weren't like, here, let me toss it to Ronaldo. Uh, they were actually thinking of their passes more in the second half. And they controlled the game. And they scored four wonderful goals. Mm-hmm. Bruno, uh, the Bruno's second, goal was just Bruno's goal was, unreal. Yeah, he's done that, like I want to say, more than 15 times already for us. That was the insane. craziest thing I saw yeah, that game. He's done, he does it all the time. And I'm, but I was happy to see that because... Everything was going through Bruno before Ronaldo came, and I still want that to be the thing. Like right. Bruno and Pogba well, if always that stays the same. Right, Bruno it. and Pogba always re- distributing the ball. Um, one thing I do want to bring up is Pogba playing on that right hand side is his weaker side. But I think he had a fantastic game. He was trying hard. He was tracking back. I think with this team, he really feels like they're going to win something, and he's doing even more than he used to. And right. he doesn't mind playing on that right hand side, and he still bagged two assists. Yes, he's not going to shoot as much. He didn't even shoot that game. And yet, he's not going to beat the defenders as much as he likes and distribute the ball as much as he likes, but he's going to do the shift that he needs. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. I actually also want to say someone I was actually 
very impressed with that game than obvious the than stating the obvious was actually Luke Shaw, best player on the team, dude. Besides for Brian, he actually like really impressed me with his forward running. Obviously, the mm-hmm. first thing that made me really look at that was the goal, mm-hmm. the second, the second goal, goal, the through like ball. for yeah. the left back to be just bulleting down the yeah. middle of the pitch like that. I was like, I actually didn't know who it was at first. Yeah, I was like, who is that guy? That's the Terminator. I was like, that wasn't the. I was like, nah, Matic is playing today. That can't be him. Mm-hmm. And then I just kept watching, and he was like consistently doing that. There was yeah. like a point I think where Sancho was on the left, and he kind of gave it to Sancho, and then they overlapped, and I was like, that actually looked good. For me, he's the best left back in the league for the last two years. Hundred percent. There's no wait. We didn't say Andy Robertson. He's not it. It's Psych. Luke Shaw. Goals no, wise, no, defense I wise, mean, he's strong. So I'm just knock out that guy mid stride. Honestly, right now I can agree with it. He's I, been, I think been. I think that prime season of Andy Robertson. Oh, of course, I that think was that's three like years another ago, level. Though. But yes, right yeah. now I can agree last, with last, that. Last two years definitely has been Luke Shaw. He always crosses the ball. He's a great crosser of the ball. He's shown that, especially now with mm-hmm. England. He has, he takes uh, set pieces and corners. Um, he also takes set pieces for us. And he's always darting down the wing. He's always giving great crosses. He shoots. He can dribble past people. He's yeah, I think he gets there. a lot of critics for no reason. I guess because no, he doesn't have a personality. But aside from that, I mean, he's a solid player. Yeah, he's, that's why I call him the Terminator. You can't ask anything he's stone else. cold. Yeah. I love him. I also want to get your opinion on somebody, actually. Okay. How do you feel about Sancho? Because I feel like at this point, you're going to have people that are going to say, you know, we're kind of disappointed so far. He's not what we're looking for yet. You know, Ronaldo came instant. Varane came instant. What's your take? I think um, with the new signings and how the team was developing, I actually think Ronaldo coming for on-the-field play is detrimental to... Sancho and Greenwood and probably people would think I'm crazy but you're looking at these players um big this is a big season for a lot of players in, in on United it's Martial's um you know do I stay or do I go year so, if, yeah. if he doesn't live up to that year know, was the last five well he was injured most of the year last year so he needs to live up to it now and so this was his test his testament year right um obviously Cavani was gonna go next year so it doesn't matter Rashford, where is he going to play? Is he really going to start off the left? You know, now we have all these options to play off the left. Um, Greenwood, he was breaking out to be a great striker. He's already got three goals in three games. And now he's not even going to be the striker. And now he'll probably play uh, right wing, right wing like usual. Um, Sancho obviously coming in. It's like putting your getting in the pool and not knowing where to stand now because now he's going to be roaming around the left mid or right mid. He's not going to have a usual setup for where he wants to play. And usually the the top guys on the team, like the attackers, they rotate around where they play, especially on United, and especially the way Ronaldo plays and stick to one position. So going to Sancho, you know, he's going to have a rough first season for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to kind of be like a Timo Werner season to him. Not his inability to score, but... Um, and not his... Like, he's a good player, right? He gets in the right places. Um, he has a great mind for the game. But will it work out with other players around him? I don't know. Not yet. Um, now with Ronaldo being on the field, he's going to have to play usually on the right mid. That would take Greenwood out. Greenwood's on fire. So he'll have to play on the left until Rashford comes back. And then again, that's another juggling act that all he has to do. Yeah, look, I mean, I think his it, it, biggest critics are probably people that never 
watched him in Germany, never seen him play for Dortmund. Right. And even if you don't watch full games, because I obviously don't watch full Dortmund right. games. Who watches full Dortmund games? Right. Sorry, Dortmund. Even games. if you get to watch his highlights. Yeah. You know, as simple as that. Or you watch 10 minutes. He's a great player. From what I've seen so far, he's definitely got technical ability. He can give a ball. He's right, just but, but the point I'm making is that they, they're they thinking they're picking up an individual player in Sancho. He's not. He works with the system. He's a right. systematic player. So, you know, when he's in Dortmund, everything's pretty, pretty much pre-planned. You're going to put right. the ball in this position. Right. You're going to overlap this guy and all those things. When you watched him play with United, he still did a great individual performance. But you could tell there is no structure in that sense. Like, yeah. um, there was one play he got the ball inside the box from Bruno, but Bruno put it behind him. So clearly that showed that Bruno didn't know where he was going to be. It could be Bruno's fault. It could be Sancho's fault. There was another point, like I said, Luke Shaw was bulleting up forward, and then they did kind of an overlapping thing with Sancho, but it didn't look natural. It didn't look like that was the purpose of that play. It just seemed more of a reactive way of playing. And I think that's also the problem. People thinking just Sancho's this, oh, he's the English young kid from Germany, so he must be incredible. Yeah, he is, but you got to give the guy a system. He plays in Germany. Germans don't play around. Like, it's a full-on, already premeditated way of playing football. Right. And he doesn't have that. So I think he will have a hard season also with that factor because they don't have that structured identity yet. They're going to find it as they play, but it's not premeditated. Yeah, he's he's that player who he has the skills, he has the tricks, but he's not going to finish with a goal. He's going to finish with a pass. So he's got to know where his teammates are. And, uh, you know, obviously Ronaldo's always going to be in the box, but he's just going to have to get used to knowing where his teammates are going to be for when he has to make that pass. And that's yeah. going to be a big thing. So overall, great return from Ronaldo. He shows exactly why he's dominant, why he sells so much and everything. He didn't let us down one bit. Second goal was just pure class. You just He's one of the only players you would see that and be like, that's definitely... You no, know, he said he goal. was nervous? Of course. I mean, I, mean, I can't compare he, myself he to He said him, he was but. so nervous about making sure the friends knew that he wasn't washed up and was ready to of course. help him win and the that's league. That's why he played the way he did the first, in the beginning. <laughs> Right, that's yeah. why he was doing all that crazy. Yeah. Someone stuff. should have sent him a little letter in the mail that we know Dude, he's not People don't realize up. the amount of pressure on people yeah. like this. Like it's crazy. Like the fact that they even can just show up right. and walk through that tunnel and pretend to feel ice cold. <laughs> They're not, you know, right. for sure. No, I mean, look, uh, he didn't let us down. He gave us a show we wanted, and it's the return. And man, when he put that second goal, and I what watched them all goal. just like get together and what like celebrate. Goal. Yeah, literally, the first thing I said is like. It might be back again it for might two be. seasons, but it might be back. Again. He might extend it. He said four in an interview on accident. I'm so. just saying, so as long as he's there, it gets those vibes again of like that elite right, team. Of course. Uh, which I haven't really gotten to see since I've been watching. Look at look at that team. Like it's like a... When did Ferguson leave? Uh, 2013. Okay. So I got to watch like the tail end of it. And then it was like United's kind of been dead for like 10 years. Right. Whatever, seven years, whatever it is. So seven. this is this is new to me. I I haven't really watched like all right. United haven't always been that dominant team, right? You know, like they're actually looking really worrisome. So, yeah, good like, for them. Yeah, you look at that team; it's disgusting. It's a star-studded lineup. Let's go through Chelsea, Aston Villa. There's okay. not too much to talk about. Um, that was a good game. Great game. I want to give kudos to Tuchel. 
I want to say it was extremely impressive what he did to achieve the 3-0. And by that, what I'm trying to say is who he selected. And he got to win that without Mason Mount or Jorginho in the lineup. That, to me, is a big deal. And it just shows like there's a lot of depth in that team. And that's pretty frightening. Kovacic with a great goal from press. Tyrone Mings messes it up the pass. He takes full advantage. You had to like you had to do that immediately. You couldn't even right. think. He had to just get that done and finish it immediately. He does. He's starting to show some glimpses of like some serious player, which I don't think anybody take him seriously since Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. But now I think he's starting to really show his colors. So I think that's huge. And of course, I mean, how are you not going to talk about him? Romelu Lukaku. I hate him. Dude, he is just... He's something. He's something. He's a big monster. He's something, man. He's so strong. And he's so, like, poised on the ball. It. He really brings something new. Man, that's why I think... Uh... He's, he's what they would talk about when he first played for Chelsea. They were like, this is this guy, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And you watch him, you're like, yo, he's great, but, like, it's not what you're saying. Right. And then, like, even when he was the United, everyone kept, like, you know, I'm saying, right. like, his lovers were like, listen, this is the guy. And you're like, yeah, yeah not really. So, yeah. But, like, now, now it's back. like, dude, it's a finished, it's a complete product. Right. And it's like, his, it's scary. His touch is better. He's smarter now. He's moving more. He's gonna off be a, the ball. He's gonna be a prime legend if he keeps that up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, his his goal to uh, his goal ratio per game is very good. He's got a lot of goals on a lot of teams. He's a big threat. Mm-hmm. And coming back to Chelsea, I think was a great idea for him. Um, I said they needed a striker, and that would put them over the top to win the league. So they're definitely high contenders to win it. Um, I thought before. Tyrone Mings messed up. Austin Villa were definitely in it, and they could have made it 1-1. Um, they had a lot of chances, and uh, I think just with that second goal, they got deflated a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Villa still need to get all their all pieces their together. pieces together, but they also need to get all their signings on the field. Some of them were injured in the start of the year. Bundia and Leon Bailey now just came back from injury. Bundia they're still waiting for. And obviously, Ali Watkins just came back, and he had a good game. He did really well. Um, so they just need to get all their pieces together, and we could see the Austin Villa that they were preparing to show us. Mm-hmm. Tuchel is just a mastermind genius. Um, whatever way he sets up the team, he has an arsenal of players to it's that German school man do yeah to do whatever he wants to play in different ways. His three five two is beautiful, honestly. Um, all the players listen to him. He's in command, and they're all doing what he asks. And I think this is like what a year for a Chelsea fan. I feel like they've gone through I mean, a lot. They won the UCL last Obviously, year. Yeah. No, no, I know that part. I'm talking about just watching a Prem season. Right. This is like the year they've been waiting for since that team with Drogba, Maluda, Anelka, that whole jazz. Yeah. And it's it's not- just looking really, really, really fierce. And, you know, good for them. Chelsea in the past, used to do this thing where they have an amazing team, Diego Costa, win it, next season, suck, next season, win it, next season, suck. I don't think they're going to be like that now. No, this this team has been developing for three years, and I love them under Lampard. They're actually my favorite team to watch while while Lampard was around. Mm -hmm. They played nice attacking football, they moved the ball nice, they passed the ball nice, they scored really nice goals, they were creative. 
Uh, obviously, a shame for Lampard to leave, but Tuchel was the right step. I felt like watching the Lampard team was like a very impressive they're, team. Yeah, and then you see though. Tuchel, and it went from impressive. Uh, it was impressive still, but it went from like 2D to like 3D. Yeah. It was like that next tier yeah, of Yeah, it playing. was definitely. It was amazing. And yeah, I'm honestly worried about you know this Chelsea team. I have just a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Well, first I'm going to say the player to least perform which surprised me a bit, actually, was Saul. I didn't think he actually played that well. No. He even he got some doubt. Yeah, he wasn't ready. I don't think he's ready yet. Tuchel so, even said that. He's like, my bad. Yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah. really going to comment on that much. Yeah. No, there's that was, that was so plain, much to figure out. That was plain and simple. Yeah. Like, he wasn't ready. So, there's that part. So, you know, at least that shows, like, Tuchel's still a human being mm-hmm. and he's not a robot, so he makes some mistakes. Right. The questions I have are two big ones. One of them. Do you think Lukaku is going to be golden boot? No. Okay, continue. Ronaldo's in the in the Premier League. So Ronaldo's golden boot. Hundred percent. Lukaku second. Salah second. Interesting. Lukaku third. Yes. I tell you it's a close race between Lukaku and Ronaldo. No me. shot. I think so. No shot. Alright, we'll see. We have no other striker. Neither does Chelsea, <laughs> so it's gonna be good. But all the balls don't go to Lukaku. Yeah, man, but it's just different. He's no, he's got it. So. He's got it. Listen, Lukaku doesn't show up against Watch, big, man. He's gonna show up this season really big. I know. I don't. I, I think he's gonna surprise it. you. How good? I, I'm he's not surprised. Be. I know what he's gonna do. I so know he's then you massive. can't say he's gonna be third. I don't, I don't think he's gonna be third, I think dude. He's gonna be third. Nah, I can't. And obviously, I wish Salah the best, but nah, man. He wants 500k he's gonna a week. Salah. He's gotta be. He wants 500k a week. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> nah, but listen, I mean, Lukaku's just wild. Just wild. Listen, if Salah beats Ronaldo and Lukaku for the golden boot, give him the 500k. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And then my second question, a little interesting. It's just one word. Chillwell. Question mark. Uh, he should be starting soon, actually, in the next couple of weeks. Um, Tuchel said that he was uh, in a negative personal mind state. Things were going around, going uh, behind the scenes for him in a negative way. And then him, obviously, uh, Tuchel, he actually talked about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear um, okay. um, So uh, he actually has been preparing behind the scenes to get back to match fitness obviously he missed out on the euros he wasn't chosen that really bummed him out um no sorry he was chosen he just didn't get to play and that really bummed him out and uh he was just watching the success of the team and obviously he wanted to be a part of it in a bigger way and it took a toll on him past what he was already dealing with personally um and he lost his match fitness and uh Tuchel even talked to him he's like listen Alonso's gonna start because you know he's been amazing in training and he's he's match fit you're not match fit. You're not ready. Uh, we need to get you to that mentality, to that level, and to you know where you're going to be ready to go. And Tuchel said that he's going to be close coming All back. All right, good, good, yeah, yeah. I didn't know much about it. I was just you know perplexed, like mm-hmm. whoa, like Chilwell's like supposed to be a big deal. I had an answer for you. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So we should see him coming up. Yeah, and then also in coming seasons, Marcos Alonso is not going to last many more seasons. So yeah, it's perfect. As, as soon as Alonso's form dips and Tuchel gets to that level, then they'll swap. So last but not least, and then we'll kind of trickle along a couple little things at the end, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll make that short. Liverpool game, right. so Liverpool leads. Uh, I'll take this one. Mm-hmm. Good game. 
I don't think Liverpool are showing a complete dominance as they did when they went for their title run. Right. But I do say that they are showing they're still contenders. It was very dominant what they did right? to Leeds. Yeah. They still they made Leeds not look like Leeds. I wasn't sure who we were playing. Calvin Phillips was probably the only person holding their own. Bamford looked like he didn't exist. I mean, the rest of the team didn't really look strong at all. Right. You know, Jack Harrison didn't know where he was. Rafinha had a few little things, but he wasn't as effective. I want to give huge shout-out to Joel Matip. He is my player of the game. He is changing a lot, and I'm, like, blown away right now. Good for him. You think all that rest on the offseason really helped him so he could play week to week? I don't know. He's, like, he's honestly different. Like, he must be getting some sort of coaching that he wasn't getting before. He's different. Like, he's so confident on the ball. He never was confident on the ball. He always looked weird watching him and Mamadou Sako play. Dude, I was like, please nobody touch the ball. But now, he was making forward runs. Like, the way we were talking about Lukaku, mm-hmm. obviously, is nowhere near the speed. He's not a right. fast player at all. He set up one of the goals. Like, I was like, what? Like, that was crazy. You think it comes from the confidence that Van Dyke holds and just, you know, now practicing those things? Because when Van Dyke's not there, someone else has to dribble the ball up the field? Cause... I mean, my thought is, like, maybe because Van Dyke was injured, he really worked on Matip mm-hmm. and giving him advice and... You know, more of the coaching was towards Matip because Van Dyke is not there. He's still rehabilitating, mm-hmm. and we don't we have young kids after that. So I think that played a good part. But Matip is getting to a point where I can't see him getting replaced. You know, when we signed Konate, I was like, Psh, it's easy. Van Dyke, Konate, call right. it a day. It's over. But now it's like, you know, don't get me wrong, Matip's not elite, but he's just getting to a point where how are you going to get rid of him? How are you going to replace him right now? Yeah. Obviously, rotation in Champions League, yada, yada. But just, like, one-on-one, it's like, wow. Like, I'm significantly impressed by him. So when do you think Konate gets in the team? I think Konate gets... Usually you tell me that it takes him a year to put the players into the team. Uh Usually it does. I want to say for Konate, he's going to be able to trickle in very easily only because of Champions League. I don't think he's going to be wanting to play Van Dyke every single game week like that, you know, between Champions League and Prem. So there's going to be moments where Konate is going to get a chance, and I think he's going to show up, and then it's going to be like, all right, let's play this guy. Now, do you think he's going to play in the Champions games, or do you think he's going to play in the league games? Obviously, you think he's going to get FA Cup time. I don't know. I don't know which way they're going to go, but that's going to be his moment, you know? For instance, like, if they prioritize the Champions League, then Konate is going to be seen more in the Prem, and then vice versa. So I think whichever is not prioritized, that's going to be his opportunity to play. Okay, well, let's get to the heartbreaking moment because yeah, it was, it was really the, big, rough. the big, uh, the big story of the match that changed the whole game. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about the red card first. Um, so we'll bring it up to you. Do you believe it was a red card? In my opinion, I believe it was a red card. Obviously, I feel otherwise. But so you, I'll, you go I'll, for your point. I'll, yeah, I'll take my point first, right? Obviously, I have to try and take my bias out. It may still Mm -hmm. be there. It's hard for me. But my point was now Elliot is chasing the ball. Uh, I believe his name is Stroik, something Mm -hmm. like that. He's behind him, so he's 
chasing from behind. He makes a sliding tackle from behind, right? So that's already, you better make sure this is perfect because a slide tackle from behind is a high risk play, right? Your left, I believe it was his left foot, mm -hmm. gets the ball, but his right foot, which is, I guess you could consider it his planted foot, even yeah, though there's no gonna, real planting gonna, in that yeah, situation. He's, he's going to turn and plan on it. It followed through completely into what the injury developed. And I just want to say, because of that situation, it's not necessarily a planted foot because you're slide tackling. So that's why, for me, it was a red. Because if you even think that both your one of your feet is going to injure the other player or it's going to be studs up, then you can't make that play. You have to let him keep going. So he wanted to take the risk, and it turned into that moment because the red cards are there. The the rules are there to protect the players. Mm -hmm. That's why studs up is a thing because who cares if your studs showing or not? But it just shows that if your studs are up, the chances of you getting injured is that much higher. Right. So if it leads into the actual injury, I never see a reason why it shouldn't always be a red, or at least in this circumstance, that was my reasoning. Okay. Well, I disagree on with you on what the right leg is doing. Okay. Because he makes the tackle, he gets the ball, and his body's turning for his planted right leg to move and to move forward now, right? Right. It's not his fault that Harvey Elliott's leg gets stuck behind that planted foot and gets dragged. But at the same time, if you watch the if you watch the tackle, his back foot is automatically being placed between both legs. But you're you're saying that like he, he He's doing this on purpose, and he knows it's like for happen. instance, right? I would think if you are in that same play, right, you may not even go for that tackle because you may check yourself in your mind and go, you know what, that's high risk. I might actually end up not getting this ball. I may end up going. Studs but he gets up. the ball. I may end up going studs up. But so, he gets the ball. So anyway, so that's my thing. Right. I agreed with it. Obviously, emotional that, so I needed to see that red card. You know, some might say, look, if you didn't get that red card, everyone would have blown up. But either way, I was happy with that call. It was pretty reckless to go for it. Yeah, he pulled it off. But you see, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was reckless or not. He made the clean tackle. The tackle's clean. He got the red card because it was going to be another Van Dyke incident. And that's the problem. Because last year, Van Dyke got injured. Pickford didn't get a red when it should have been a red. Uh -huh. This guy got penalized for Pickford incident. That's a clean tackle. As you said, you're making all these ifs or that or in his head, this is dangerous, but it was clean. He perfected the tackle. It's, again, not his fault that his right leg is planted and starting to move as Harvey Elliott's leg is stuck in that position. So Even question, let's say no red card. Let's yeah. say you're right. Let's not give red. Right. Does it get a yellow? He can give a yellow. Why? Because it's from behind. And okay. that's usually what they do nowadays. If it's from behind, even though it's clean, sometimes they'll give it. Okay, it was behind. I'm still going to stay with mine just because of the way that I saw how right. the opposite leg was going into the tackle. But I can understand what you're talking May about. May we also add that Harvey Elliott said it wasn't a red. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's really heartbreaking. I, I th Obviously, I think they should appeal it. But, yeah, it sucks because... You know, we, we were talking about doing a segment about players to watch for the season. And I was going to... And, you know, I was actually going to pick Harvey Elliott 
because he's really broken out. He was at Lone and Blackburn, and like all of a sudden he's getting three starts in a row. Klopp's really big on him. So, you know, it's pretty gutting to see, actually. And you know what's crazy? I was watching the Klopp interview, and like, if the interviewer was asking any wrong question, I felt like that interview was going to go really bad. Because mm-hmm. he, like, he was kind of pushing the topic. He wasn't saying anything inappropriate. And then Klopp started talking less and less. And then there was actually a point, like, he literally looked like he was about to cry. Like, if he said something really offset. Right. You know, like, uh, he, he just kept questioning, like, how do you feel about Harvey Elliott? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think he's going to be? And he just got real emotional. And I just want to say... That's what I really like about our team. At this point, it's just so much emotion in the team. Like the way Salah really ran over and he was immediately, he told like Harvey Elliott, stay down mm-hmm. because Harvey Elliott tried to get up. Right. He literally kept him down and he screamed for someone to come over. And then seeing Klopp, I think Klopp was actually having an argument with one of the fans. He was uh, like covering sure. his mouth. He was turning backwards and Bielsa was next to him. So he wasn't talking to Bielsa. Right. He was turning backwards and he's covering his mouth and he's saying something back to somebody. I don't know if... I don't think the fourth ref is over there. So, no. I think it was like a fan of sort. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably said something messed up because it's like Leeds home. Right. End of the day, it was nice though because everybody came together. Right. And they did that whole... Uh, they did a chant together, the whole stadium. So, that was nice. Mm-hmm. It's just sad, man. He's 18 and he was really starting to, you know, show up and give his name out there. So, hopefully he comes back. Maybe in a year. Right, I think I think those questions that the interviewer were asking, you know, because you know, you have to ask. I get yeah, it. Yeah, Klopp. And he didn't do a wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. Klopp is just maybe he sees the potential in him, and he knows he'll be something great. And now, when you get this type of injury, yeah, you don't know what like you're going to you come know. back to. Yeah, you, you know might not I mean? ever get that kid so again. So it's kind of like, you know, and I'm sure he's seen that before, right, in his coaching career. So now going to you know, he was your starting center mid. Yeah, uh, obviously. Dean Henderson is older and not able to do 90 minutes every week. Who replaces Well, I him? don't think Dean Henderson is older. I think Jordan... Oh, sorry. Jordan Henderson. Sorry. <laughs> no, I hate all of them. Doesn't now, matter. listen. I think Jordan... I think... Um, not to sound messed up, mm-hmm. but it kind of helps in a way because something we were missing that could have brought us to another level that game, I think actually was Jordan Henderson because when he came in, there was like an extra intensity in the play. Mm-hmm. And he always brings that. You know, he brings the extra intensity. He makes sure everybody's just diving into everything. He made a few more attacking plays than normal. Where, you know, Harvey Elliott's like working out. He's trying yeah, to see. The down a man too. Yeah, you know? you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I think we need him anyways. My thing is, which we'll talk about in our segment, is where people are going to be placed at the table at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. My worry is the depth. And especially in the midfield, we don't have it. So that's kind of. Well, I think you have it. Well, you have. I, I guess you have Kata, right? You have uh, Chamberlain. Um, Tiago Fabinho. Well, Tiago already starts. Fabinho already starts. Yeah, Hendo. Hendo is no that's other centimeters. I mean, you could say Milner, but right. I don't really think those people count though. Oxlade's not going to be a guy who's going to win you a title. Well, let let's. Kata's t- not been consistent enough to win you a title. Well, you guys bought. Um, Two center backs last year, correct? We bought Karate. And the other kid. Well, that's last year, too. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, we didn't use him. Davies. We just gave him away. And and the other guy you gave away, he went put on loan. The the guy from Shelka. Uh, Yeah, we we loaned him and gave him back. And now he's back on loan at Norwich. Uh, Kabak. Okay, so, you know, 
Yeah, we just we prioritized the defense. So you guys didn't buy much again. You just no, we just did forty million for Konate. That's it. And so I think that's going to end up hurting us. But we'll talk about that segment. But that's my main reason why we may not contend for that title. Okay. And I think that covers. Yeah, that covers that covers the major games. I just wanted to throw a couple things out there. Nice job by Trossard, 90th minute goal. Brighton's pretty looking pretty solid. They're actually fifth place right now yeah, they've been after solid. four weeks. Uh, Shane Duffy stepping up. They look like a pretty pretty good team. Yeah, they were missing two of their best uh, attacking players that week, and they still managed to pull out a win against the tough Brentford side that's been really strong defensively. And they've been pretty decent on the attack, um, and they pulled out a big win yep. to keep them up. Uh, Arsenal. With their first win against Norwich, probably the worst team in the league. Um, it was the battle of 20th place versus 19th place. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it wasn't great. Their goal no. wasn't even great. They're just excited because they know that the ball went in the back of the net. Yeah, there weren't even that many good chances in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Aubameyang isn't in good form. He missed a one-on-one. He actually missed two one-on-ones. And he's going to need to get in top form for this team to really thrive now that Arteta has all his pieces in. I mean, man of the match, I'm going to give it to two people, but one more than the other. Pepe, mm-hmm. uh, finally, he's, I mean, he's like really shown out. He's got to show up against the middle team. Yeah, he showed team, out He yeah. showed out there. He had a good game. Great game. One of his best games. And actually, surprisingly, Tomiyasu actually turned out to be really good. Yeah, you... he actually played well. You know, it's your first game. You're excited. You know. I mean, he could flop it though. He hasn't got the Arsenal blues inside of him yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? He didn't get the, the Arsenal. Arsenal yeah. fan TV hasn't got to him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was good to see for his debut, and they pulled off a win with a sloppy goal, but it's a win. Yeah, and then there's so much more to talk about this, but we won't go too crazy. Just the fact that what happened to West Ham, West Ham, Southampton, Antonio got a red card. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's just the whole thing. Yeah. Shambles. I mean, both those teams, um, they're pretty good in the midfield. But like West Ham was such a hot, was on such a high. They're on a hot streak. Well, they were looking like, man, they might break in the top five. You know, when you lose that guy that uh, scores that goals. That does it for you, right? I think they put in a couple of new uh, players, too. I think that Vlasic played a little bit. Um, so yeah, they but they're not people it. that should right, hinder you. Right, right, right. But they got to get used to the system. Uh, obviously, West Ham's doing great this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a good point for Southampton, and Antonio will come back two two games from now. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I think it was a crazy game week. A lot of emotion, like you said. Good, bad. There was a lot going on. There was. Good controversies with cards. And we're going to see what ends up happening with the rest of these teams. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Goodbye.